What's happening, weirdos? So excited to be joined by the hilarious Gabriel Iglesias. I can't believe this happened. I've never met Gabe. This was our first meeting. Uh, this is our first time in the same room. I've never been in the same space. I don't know why I'm saying that three ways. There's always this urgency to say things three ways. Uh, no, I'll just say two ways. This is the first time we've ever met. And I was so happy to meet him and sit down with him. And it's a really interesting uh, chat. And I hope you enjoy it. I am currently on tour. Thank you to everybody that came to Toronto, Atlantic City, and Boston. The next part of the Pete Holmes Where Were We stand-up tour will be November 10th through 12th, a full weekend in Chicago at The Den. Go to PeteHolmes.com for tickets to that. After that, I'll be in San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, Atlanta, Charlotte, and Washington, D.C. Hope some weirdos can make it out to those shows. Always means so much when you guys are there. And thank you to everybody who came out to the first leg of the tour. This I also have, uh, oh yeah, ooh, almost forgot, November 3rd, going to be doing an incredible, incredible star-studded, action-packed, live Largo show in Los Angeles on November 3rd to benefit Homeboy Industries. Go to Largo-LA.com for tickets to that. I also do a show there every month, but especially November 3rd, if you're in the LA area, come to that show. That's going to be a special one and for an incredible, incredible cause. If you missed the Father Greg Boyle episode, I highly suggest circle back and listen to it. It's one of my favorites of all time and uh, one of my favorite charities. It's we're it's minimizing to call it a charity movements of all time. I'm I'm so thrilled with them. And this episode with Gabe is brought to us by our friends at Blue Land. The holidays, as we all know, can create even more waste than usual. But each year, Americans throw away 25% more trash from Thanksgiving to New Year's. Did you know that? 25% more trash. What if we told you there was a way to get all of your holiday shopping done without feeling guilty over the waste that typically comes with it? Well, meet Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and for the planet. And this holiday season, Blue Land is having its best sale of the year so you can save and shop sustainably for your friends, family, and even yourself. Val and I, as a household, we felt terrible about all of this plastic waste in our house. We gave Blue Land a try, and we are absolutely hooked. It's so good knowing that we're doing something right for the planet and also for ourselves. The idea is simple. Grab one of the beautiful Forever bottles, fill it with warm water, waddle. <laughs> fill it with warm water, drop it in the tablet, and you get cleaning. Refills start at two bucks. Do you understand? It's a Forever bottle. Instead of replacing and wasting that plastic, and you drop in warm water and a single tablet, and you get cleaning. And the refills are so cheap. Start at $2 and you don't have to buy a brand new wasteful plastic bottle every single time you run out. You can even set up a subscription like we did or buy in bulk so you never run out of the products you use the most. From cleaning sprays to hand soap to toilet cleaner and laundry tablets, all Blue Land products are made with ingredients you can feel good about. Try their Clean Essentials Kit, which has everything you need to get started in signature scents such as iris agave, fresh lemon, a personal fave, and eucalyptus mint. Plus, for a limited time and for a limited time, their hand soap is getting a festive upgrade with three cozy new scents. That's apple butter, maple pumpkin, and vanilla chai. Perfect for the season. I love the scents. They work fantastic. And it's just great not throwing these bottles into a landfill to decompose over millennia. I, it's such a, such a huge thing we can do to help the planet, help yourselves, 
and clean and smell nice things while you're doing it. So take advantage of the best sale of the year to take advantage of the best sale of the year. You need to go to blueland.com slash YMIW. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash YMIW. Show your support of the show. Do something good for yourselves and the planet. That's blueland.com slash YMIW. We're also brought to us by our friends at Perfect G. You know I'm wearing them. <laughs> Sorry, that's for the video people. If you could even see my pants, I don't know. I, I love my Perfect Jeans. I have four or five pairs of them. They're the most comfortable, best looking, best fitting uh, pants I own in the world. I had to look for the word pants. They're the best jeans. No one needs to know your sneaky, soft secret. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why we're not all wearing comfortable soft pants in this day and age, but the perfect jean is here to help. They look great, they fit great, and super soft and flexible fabric that looks so good, no one needs to know. I got tired of wearing like yoga pants in public. I'm not Sting, I'm not Phil Collins, I can't pull it off. But why are we trapping parts of our bodies and restricting them like they owe us money? These are the best pants I've ever owned. I never take them off. I just rotate different pairs of them, honestly. And they are made of premium stretch fabric. 2% spandex, 2.5% rayon for extra comfort and movement that your man parts required. These jeans stretch so your nuts ain't crushed, thereby providing the only true home for your bone. And they're so soft, you may even forget you're wearing pants. Best of all, they're not khakis. Fuck your khakis and spare your nuts. The perfect jean for the perfectly imperfect men. Just 60 bucks when you use code weirdo at checkout. Liberate your lower limbs with the one and only perfect gene, whether you're working with lemons or lentils, a three-leaf clover, or a big old honking eggplant. The perfect gene has you covered. Take a peek at www.theperfectgene.nyc. That's theperfectgen.nyc. Code weirdo for 25% off at checkout and show your support of this show. All right, everybody. Enjoy Gabriel Iglesias. Hope to see you in Chicago next month. In the meantime, enjoy. Uh, well, I'm thrilled to meet you, man. We're just, we're going. Oh, very cool. Um, All right. So, t- so turn it on, man. Turn it on. Trot out the specialness. <laughs> I'm completely joking. Be comfortable. How's it going? That was crazy, man. We just got a tour of your house. Like we walked through. Uh, people don't know that we walked through his house to get here to the yeah. big, comfy couch. My the deep seated couch. The deep seated couch. This is a deep seated couch. I feel like I'm gonna need help to get off of this couch. Uh, you wouldn't be the first. <laughs> Although you look great. Oh, thank Are you. People I'm saying black. This? It's okay. I'm sucking it in. The black it's and the, couch. the sock. The couch is eating the ass right now. Black so sock and couch. A lot, a lot ass. of my ass is gone right now because it's in the couch. You know, a lot of people try to lose weight. Just sit on this couch. That's then, what I've always you said. Gotta, you don't got to worry about it. Nobody can see. Mm-hmm. You're, you are enveloped, but you do look good. Thank you. Have you been? Is that a thing? No, it's. I mean, you know, I've lost seventy pounds during the pandemic, but it's more so just because I couldn't eat out. <laughs> they closed the restaurants. That, yeah. that made me lose weight. But you could order them. Ah, it's different. I gained weight during the pandemic. It, it's All different. your Postmates. It's different. Well, for me, I don't. I don't have Postmates. I don't have anything. So if I, if I wanted to order something, I had to actually have people order it for me, okay. and that felt kind of weird. You're not in LA. I am. Oh, you are. Mm-hmm. No. What do you mean you don't have Postmates? You know it's a free. I app. don't. I don't. Uh, I know, but I, I, I'm, I'm weird about putting my info out there. So like, uh, like I don't have an Uber account. I don't have a Postmates account. I don't have nothing that you know. Assistant. 
Well, I guess I could, but then it's like, Gabe, ah. what kind of a fluffy guy are you, man? Yeah, you know Do what? you love food or not? <laughs> you can't be bothered to text, hey, order me if, this if food. I'm gonna go get, if I'm going to go get my food, I'm going to get in the car. I'm going to go hit a drive-thru. I'm going to do it myself. I'd rather I'd rather do that. Really? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not above uh, ordering food. but It's because you don't want your address? It feels, it feels weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm very weird. Like you, know. you don't think I could Google your address? I'm sure you could. <laughs> so what I'm are you sure doing? You <laughs> You're protecting something you've already lost. <laughs> You could be, be eating Roscoe's. Well, you for could what, be eating... dude? So I could never get off the couch? Food. Man, are you one of I'm those at that big bre- I'm, at that, that, I'm at that breaking like, point right now where I can go that? either way. I can go either way. What do you mean? With the weight. With Oh, you, it could tip this yeah, way. Yeah, I could tip, tip this way. way. I could tip that way. I'm right, I'm right in the middle. Right I could still use a regular scale. So that's where I'm at. I'm like, okay, you know, as soon as you got to use one of those ones with the cars, then you're, you're, in, a, you're in a different place. I really feel like you're only you're a couple years older than me. I really feel like you're missing out. On like, or look, I just moved. This isn't our place anymore. We moved. So now we're in a place where you can't get Postmates as much, mm. like uh, uh, north of the city. So I do get in my car and drive and pick Are things up. Are you up in up. the hills more? Or? No, we're up in uh, Ojai. Okay. So if I want food, I get in the car. And I'm actually, now I'm going to argue the other side. I'm with you. It's kind of nice. It's better. <laughs> There's like a... Just having it show up at your... Sometimes you forgot you ordered it. They ring your bell and you're just like, oh, right. And you eat it. It's not as... It, there's no process. It just kind of arrives. I'm, I'm a bigger fan of going to go get it, though. That's my thing. Why, though? Because it's an experience. It's at least getting a reason to get in the car, grab the dogs, go out, just take a little drive, get some air in the face, play the radio. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoy driving. So if I have to drive far to go get the food, I'm okay with that, too. Really? Yeah. Okay. Are you tour? Are you a tour bus touring comedian? Yes, uh, tour bus and a plane. So we fly out to the bus, and then the bus drives around for four days. And then we get back on the plane and come back home. While they drive. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So when I'm home, I love getting behind the wheel. I, you know, I drove coming here. I just no issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, I love I, windshield time, especially at night. Nighttime driving is my favorite driving because there's no traffic, no one's out there. You could just do your thing. Living outside of the uh, of the city has actually been a blessing to me. Having it's about an hour, hour and a half to get home mm-hmm. now, and people are like, "How do you do that?" And I'm like, first of all, it's the one on one. Once you get outside of the city, there's no traffic, and then your mind wanders. You can listen to the radio. You have a, a son. Uh, yes, I, I understand. It's your stepson. Is that the? Uh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was trying to decipher the. Uh. <laughs> Uh, but you you know what it's like to have a little kid and i have a little kid so if i'm in the car and i'm alone that's precious time i i enjoy precious time i enjoy quiet time i enjoy just being able to get in my own thoughts and again either have the radio on or have it just quiet yeah you know I, I'm, I'm good with that are you, i like that are you more obviously on stage first of all i'm so happy to meet you i told katie i was like we're, we're thinking about when we're going to release episodes and stuff. And I was like, I'm just convinced this is going to be a great one. <laughs> like, it was just Very like, nice. Really, Thank you for the vote of confidence. I, yeah. It's not even pressure. It's already great. I'm already enjoying it. But I was like, there's no way that's not going to be great. So we're, we're scheduling the episodes. And I was like, that one's going to be hot. This one's going to be great. We'll push this one over there. But I knew this was going to be awesome. So thank you for making the time. And I appreciate it. The question I have for you is, on stage, I see a guy who, we use the word bubbly. You know what I mean? You're happy. You're excited. And then when I hear a guy like me who likes being in the car with no radio, I'm like, <laughs> maybe do those peaks need to be charged by the valleys of, of some silence, some alone time? I think, uh, I think alone time is important. Like my favorite place to hang out is actually my bathroom. Okay. Tell I me. pimped out my bathroom so that I can just chill in there. It's got the best AC, best Wi-Fi. I got a heated got toilet. Wi-Fi it's got a bidet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't mess around. I, uh, my bathroom, my private bathroom at, at, that I have, 
it's, it's heated toilet out. with a bidet. Heated toilet with a bidet. Two same thing. It's a it's like a toto. It's yeah, like it's yeah. a toto. Yeah, yeah, it's got that's, the, the that's remote on it and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, the best Ooh, Raider game one. Game changer. Yes, it's yeah, yeah. the best Raider one. Yeah, that's. And, uh, <laughs> I think we have the I same have, uh, ass washer game. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're getting squirted by the same Japanese technology. Yeah, exactly. And you didn't know, if you're like me, you didn't know you wanted a heated toilet seat. But now I go to someone else's house and if I have to do it's an cold. away game and I yeah. sit down and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, I, like, you get so used to it so fast. Am I right? You really do. And then you question yourself. You're like, wow, why do I enjoy this a lot? Does that mean anything? <laughs> Does that mean anything? Because it means then you, you can love adjust toasted the, buns, man. Because no, also bun. you can adjust the pressure of the wash, so it's like you can just oh, like yeah. a little sprinkle or freaking you know fire hose. I'm going to ask and, you a and, very personal question. You ever put it on the low setting and you're not even done? You just kind of want it to help you go more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, absolutely. I'm glad you went there. It, I, it, I was. It, I, we uh, don't know each other that well. I, I would I have also it, accepted. Like, what the fuck kind of question is that? But it's the seal. You breaker. want water on your butt. And your butt is like, oh right, I do a thing, and then it like shoots poop out. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. If I get canceled for this, worth it to have people have better, more full bowel movements. It's the best. And I feel so clean too. Like I've never felt this Dude, just fresh say, and clean in my life. What were we doing? I don't know what I was doing before. What is everyone doing? We're not dogs. You ever look at your dog and it poops and it's always like complete, and they don't even have to wipe. Yeah. Why just, don't we have clean. that first of all? It seals back up and it's it's yes good. we should have dog seal unless they eat something that didn't agree with them and then they got to do the carpet well drag. then there's like a string coming something. out yeah, yeah. there's <laughs> something they found on the street I'm I watch my dog poop all the time and I'm like that should be us it sort of flies just in the easy. face of a loving God is what I'm saying just like, easy. like just why a nice did perfect you pellet you know and then they just walk away from it yes of course I'm kidding but it's like we all need to be squirting our butts with water 100 percent full stop paper. I heard Oprah say this. Oprah was has a bidet, and she was talking about her show, meaning Oprah doesn't normally talk about poop, but she's like, if you had poop on your hand, you wouldn't just wipe it with paper and be like, I'm clean now. Why are you doing that with your butt? Like, you'd wash right? your yeah. hands. Wash your butt. But then again, you know, uh, not everyone can afford, you know, we're in a good place. where We, we all have a hose. To, Everybody's to... got a hose. Yeah. <laughs> Hang it in the sink like <laughs> Melissa McCarthy and Bridesmaids. Get some H2O on your butt hoe. <laughs> your face. Yeah, you, you it's, it's you, a, it's that a was different pure, feeling. That was pure. Nothing worse than having What podcast have I, have I stumbled oh, into? Oh, yeah. Face? I'm, I'm going to look at this couch different. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should be happy that I'm a fellow butt washer. No, you're right. That's a nice thing. Tell me more about your pimped out bathroom. So, anyway, it's a pimped out bathroom. It's got the toilet with the, you know, the, the, the butt wash and the. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's funny. I'm surprised they don't have a, a thing that adds soap. I think that's the next level right there. Just might as well put a little Dawn in it. In Japan, know? yes. A little, a little freaking hole, put some Dawn, and then You know it's those like, hand washers that it, it's like, it just looks like clear liquid, but when it comes through, it's like foam? Mm, yeah, that's yeah. That's what I want. I want like fire retardant foam shot in oh, my butt funny. crack. Like fluff, not fluffy, fluff, like marshmallow fluff in a, in a hot dog bun. Mm -hmm. My butt is the bun. The retardant <laughs> flame, retardant stuff is the fluff. That's what I want. And then I want it to be washed out. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's make, it, let's make a note of that. <laughs> we got to step up our game. Anyway, aside from that, I have a urinal in my bathroom, which is like a, one of my things that I've always wanted to have is a urinal. You wanted a urinal in I wanted house? a urinal in my house because it was just like, a, it's convenient. I'm a dude. Yeah, but it smells. Uh, you know, there's, uh, there's ways of, of fixing that. 
A little cube, you know, a little cube or something like that. It's, it's you know, I'm my ex upset didn't want that you one. You told her to make a note about my, my fluff riff. My, my ex didn't want. What if you did a riff and I was like, make a note? We need to note. step up our game. What is that? Game. I've never been so offended in my life. We're keeping that. In. I'm just I trying to. I'm trying to keep up with the Joneses, man. <laughs> uh, I've always wanted a urinal, just you know. Because I, like I said, I, I feel like it's been convenient. My my ex didn't want one because she said our house is not a truck stop. That's fair. And I was like, all right. So once I, uh, you know, once we were apart, uh, I says I'm gonna get me a urinal. So now I have three in bathrooms. I hope in bathrooms, yeah. not just like not a random just in one, one in area. The hallway. That's <laughs> that's really messy. That's <laughs> that's a guy who can't aim. I'll just get three urinals. <laughs> you get a trough like a like a ballpark. Yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah. Here's my, you know what? The the, bags of ice in it. Sawdust on the floor. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to, where where are you at now? You you had COVID, you lost a lot of weight, so you had like a pretty fruitful pandemic, pr- pretty fruitful lockdown. 2020, yeah, I got uh, I got COVID in Texas. I was in San Antonio. Uh, I was there trying to do a special. I was, I was posted up there for a month. We tried to do the whole be in your COVID bubble, and uh, I still wound up getting sick. I was the only one. And so I had to really? go home. Yeah, I had to go home, and then wrote it out for uh, about two weeks. Oh wow! That was the that was, was the thing they said at the time. It was rough because it happened on my birthday. So it's like I turned forty five, and I'm I'm at the house eating cereal. I can't smell. Oh man! You know, and then friends are coming by and they're dropping off balloons, ringing the doorbell, and then leaving. What? Uh, that sucks. Yeah, because it's like a... they were all afraid. Of course, they're like we love you. Well, yeah, we'll take a chance then. Come on, <laughs> come on inside. Let me cough on you, Grandma. Get in here. Come on. <laughs> What cereal were you not able to taste? It's funny. That I don't even remember cereal. the cereal, but I just remember eating a lot of cereal. There was a lot of cereal. Yeah. Well, you're not using Postmates. Nice. <laughs> just a flat. Good. Good call. Nice. Good call. Like I'm your lawyer. Thank you. These are billable hours. <laughs> What's? I was actually going to ask you what your favorite cereal is. I don't know why. I wrote it down before you came in. I was like, I want to have a good food conversation with Fluffy. I honestly couldn't tell you what my favorite is. I just know that like I eat um, raisin bran, but it's more so because I, you know, I want to have a, a, a better experience on the Toto. With that's the only reason. I mean, it's okay. It's not. It doesn't have sugar on it or anything. But you know. Kellogg's. I don't know what kind it is. I just know that there's bran it, cereal with with raisins. Post. Probably. All right. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's yeah. post. Yeah, okay. I'm glad you're here. Fact checking. Post. <laughs> Yeah, because Kellogg's, the, the raisins are almost like white. They look like they walk through the like, snow yeah. to get to your dusted. To your they, were, they were dusted. They've been dusted. They've been dusted, dusted. Uh, so you're just eating bran cereal. You know, there's other ways to get like bran in your diet. Well, yeah, I got a can of Metamucil too, but I mean, I'd rather eat yeah, the cereal in the, the morning cereal. or, you know, whenever. whenever but you're not like it. a cereal guy? No, I mean, uh, I was ready I'll have to it from talk time to time. Crunch. No, no, that's the best, by the way. It is. That the is the best cereal. I was, I was ready to. If anybody says leftover anything. milk, you got basically horchata. That's what you got. Is that? Is there like a Mexican? There's drink? a Mexican uh, drink called horchata, which is like rice water, but it's like cinnamon based with sugar. But cinnamon Sounds toast crunch dope. milk, yeah, tastes like horchata. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. I was so cultured. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so, but you also had a health scare. Was it around COVID? I think anytime you're overweight, you're always going to have a health scare. But I mean, more so, you know, uh, I was every underlying condition. So to have COVID, that's when you're afraid. Yeah. Because it's like, who's COVID coming members. after? Yeah. It's I, coming after people of a certain age, certain, uh, you know, certain health issues already. And so I was already all those. So I was, I was very lucky. That a certain didn't size. I was going to say family members, I, I had lost lots of weight and it was because they didn't want to. 
have issues. Yeah. Issues with COVID. I had a friend of mine who passed away, and he, he was a big guy, and he had a bunch of uh, underlying health conditions, and unfortunately, you know, they took him. And didn't they tell you? I read online that someone told you you had two years to live. So somebody said oh, that, was, that to uh, you? Oh, diabetes, dude. That was a few years ago. Oh, okay. That was, uh, I was at my heaviest about 437. 437. Yeah, 437. That's, that's when people used to go, hey, man, you're a funny comic. Yeah, yeah I'm going to tell my friends I met you, Ralphie. And I'm like, Ralphie? Oh, shoot. They thought I was Ralphie. That's how big I got. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Uh, but you, what was that like? Having someone say you have two years to live, I mean, that's got to be a story. I mean, you know, what, what do doctors know, really? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it did It did get me to, you know, to, <laughs> all right, so we'll, we'll, we'll do something. It wasn't scary? It, Your attitude was like, what do doctors know? It's kind of like when, it, when someone says to a smoker, hey, if you don't stop doing that, you're going to die. You already know. Right. You know, if you're acting a certain way, if your behavior is a certain way, you can't be surprised. You can't be like, oh, my God. Right. Like, I know I wasn't healthy. I know I wasn't making the best choices. So it's more so like, all right, it's real now. Let's let's try to that let, did, let's try to reel this in. That did break. I wound up losing into... 100 pounds after that. But then, you know, I wound up gaining. So it's like you play that game of up and down. Yeah. What is it? Like, when did that start with you? Because I'm a food guy, too. I, I'm like. I was a few years it. back. I uh, eat my feelings. Are you an eat my feelings person? I'm a eat at the end of the night kind of guy. I eat late. That's to like de-stress. My 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 food intake happens at night, but when it happens, it's it's you know I go for it. What is the voice? Is the voice? I'll, I'll give you an example. My voice, if I'm gonna like have a binge at night, is you deserve it. You're a special boy. It's almost like nice from a good place. <laughs> it's like nobody can, and also it's from liberty. It's nobody can tell you what to do. But there's also like a twinge of like. If I'm really in a place like that, it can be from depression of like, what's the point? Like, we might as well just enjoy ourselves. Is there any of that? Mine is more so like, oh, shoot, there's a second pizza. <laughs> you know, it's after the show. They bring they bring food and stuff like that. And it's like, okay. That's why I'm very I'm, I'm nervous about food showing up because then it's like, oh, wow, it's just there. If it's there, you're going to Yeah, like, for example, down. last night in the dressing room, man, I could just see right now there's couple loaves of bread there was uh goober's peanut butter which is the one that has the peanut butter and the jelly together oh wow uh, regular jiff there was like four pizzas there was wings there was mozzarella sticks there, there was just so much food and so usually i'm just like oh let me try this let me try this let me try this yeah but you're so i mean you're one of the top 10 highest paid why not just buy it you know what i mean like oprah like pay and just be like that shit doesn't come into the green room um, I guess I could do that, but I'm, I think that that's the irresponsible side of me. That's the part of me that's just like, eh, you know. I well, mean, that's what I wanted. What is that voice? Eh, it's fun. You know, it's, I, I do feel a sense of like, okay, you did, like you said, you deserve it. Come on. You were a good boy. Yeah. You know, you went out there, you made all those people happy. You should have your moment right here. And it's hard to come down from that high, right? It really is. So yeah. it's like, okay, so I'm in there, I'm making myself a peanut butter and jelly goober sandwich. And it's just like, hmm. And then like, oh, look, there's soda. Mm. Oh, look, there's Klondike bars. Mm. Yeah. All right. Sure, I'll have a slice of pizza. And then I got my dogs with me, and they're like, we want pizza, too. So, of course, <laughs> it's like it's a little party. And I, I think I'm getting the feeling that it would be too disappointing to the people that are also in your green room if you were like, we have a smoothie bar. Because you feel like a host. Like you feel, I feel like you take care of people around you. We, we want everybody to have a good time. Everybody winds up in my room at the end of the night. So it's like, you know, here we go. It's the feast. Yeah. And food to you is like it's also a social time, you know. So it's like when there's good food and stuff. Hey, you know, there's always it's always a mm, mm, 
mm-hmm. it was a good show. It was a good time. Yeah. It's, right. It's, you know, the camaraderie. Everybody's there together. So. And it's also a loving thing to do to feed people. Oh, I feed everybody. Yeah. I'm the king of feeding people. Yeah. You go on tour with me, you're, yeah, you're going to have to see your doctor. <laughs> you're going to have to see your doctor. I promise you. Someone said going on tour with Gabriel Iglesias can cure world hunger. Because there's, there's always food. There's all, there's never been a like, oh my God, what are we going to eat? No, it's like, what are we going to eat? Because there's so many options. And was that your relationship the whole time? Like, do you have memories? Like your mom always I've always sure been fed? a freaking, like, you know, I, I, I'm more social when there's food present. So, hey, let's go get a bite to eat. That's always the thing. Let's go get a bite to eat. We'll talk about stuff. We'll eat. And who's in a bad mood? If you're, if you're eating something that you like, yeah. even if you're dealing with some shit, then it's, you're still you're eating something that's making you feel good. I completely understand. I was actually just talking to my friend who went through a, a breakup, a divorce, actually, and they lost a bunch of weight. And I was like, you lost weight? And she's like, yeah, we're, I'm just not going out as much because like so much of a relationship is going out mm-hmm. to eat and enjoying food together. And I was like, I'm exactly the same way, talking about Raisin Bran. I had to like quarantine for a movie or something. I was alone for two weeks. I I didn't even eat that much. So much of it is social. social. But it also feels like, and I'm really not trying to lead you this way. For me, it, it feels like a loving thing. If you love somebody, feed them. And it also feels like a safe thing. Feeling safe, definitely. Uh, even if I don't really know... Uh, the people that well, you know, because I'm always there's always random people in, in in this business. You're meeting new people all the time, and I I just like to break the ice by saying, hey, well, you know, let's all go eat. And I'm always eating in groups, so I'm never it's it's rare that I'm eating alone. Yeah, and I imagine you seem like a guy that would treat everybody. It'd be like this is on me. That seems like right out of the Iglesias playbook. Just watching your stand up. Yeah, I'm like I feel like again it's that host thing. It's like you want people to be happy. And you seem like a really kind person. And in fact, we have a friend in common, Peter Marietta. Ah. You know, Peter? And I said, what should I ask Gabe? And he was like, he taught me how to be kind to everyone. That's what he said. I was like, man, I'm looking for like a shit in my pants story. Or, nice. <laughs> <laughs> or something. You saw a ghost or something. And I, but he said that. I really wanted you to know that. So that, that seems in your personality when we were doing the show uh one of the things that I, I i demanded that we have for the show is on tape days uh we always needed food trucks yeah i said i want food trucks and so whatever it is we just need a bunch of food trucks there so every single week we had just you know yeah. everybody out there freaking mowing it down it was it was a good time that's great great community and it just put everybody in a better mood this is the number one question i really wanted to ask you i, I remember reading i was reading about um freaking peter knows everybody I know. And he also right. said that. He said, Gabe thinks I know everybody. Because he does. And he sort of does. He His name gets brought up at least once a month, somewhere random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, Peter. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably see this. Well, actually, this is as good a time as any. I won't forget to ask the number one thing I wanted to ask you. But have you ever seen a ghost? You seem like that's a, funny. That's you the seem like a time, great guy. That's the second that, to time see a ghost. in the last hour, someone has asked me that. The last hour? Yeah. I, I was doing press. You were there? I was doing press on the way over here. No shit. Yeah, I was doing some phoners, uh, and they were asking me about ghosts. I've never been much for for ghosts. You don't believe? I tell them. people I've chased a few ghosts, uh, but that's a different story. <laughs> I uh, no, I mean you'll you know at night I'll hear creaks and noises and stuff, and I'm like, that's got to be a mouse. That's got to be a crow. That's got to be this. That's got to be that. Yeah. But I've never felt like. Mm. What about something you can't explain? You ever see a psychic and they tell you something and it comes true, or they know something they shouldn't know? Um. 
you know, just being Mexican, there's always that superstition of certain things that you're, you know, you grow up just like, oh, that's part of it. Like you always hear about El Cucuy, which is like Mexican boogeyman, or they're going to get you, or there's a, there's the hand that comes out from under the bed that grabs you when you're being bad. You know, there's, oh, you yikes. know, we'll, we'll, uh, the Mexican culture will use those, those evil things as, as a form of, of parenting to, to make you act right. So if you're acting up, you yeah. know, that thing is going to get you. That's always the scary thing. Was that oh, that thing is gonna get? You. Were you told that? Yeah. Oh, everybody. Yeah, yeah. So the Puerto Mal, there's a there's a one about a La Llorona, which is basically a lady who drowned her kids. She drowned her kids because I I don't know why she killed her kids, but uh, she she drowned her kids and then you know she would come back, and and you, you know she'd be like you know wandering the the lake or something. It's just like a scary story. And she'll drown you if you're not uh, basically, good. you know, kind of like that thing where <laughs> you, the, you, you look I'm, in that. I right? forgot your name. I'm sorry. What's what's the story? Mirabel. What's the story with, with La Llorona? It's basically, it's just you know, she comes back, right? Like, uh, yeah, she comes back and haunts you, and you're in the mirror. And... Oh yeah, yeah, the mirror. That's the mirror. She's thing. in the mirror. Yeah, it's like a Mexican Candyman. So you're looking in the mirror, and they like you know, do say hombre. Her, you would see her in the <laughs> hombre de do say. <laughs> try to translate Candyman, <laughs> and you're not. You know Candyman. <laughs> no, I know Candyman. Look, yeah, and the bees. Yeah, yeah, scary. But as far as uh, me believing in ghosts, not not so. And no much. psychics, no weirdness. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think that people give off a certain energy, and I think that if you're just, you know, if you keep your mind open and you realize who you're talking to, and just you know, patterns and stuff like that, you can kind of gauge what what you know what might happen in yeah. the event of. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, no, no one's been like, oh, you're gonna hit the lotto, or you're gonna do this, or you do that, or oh, mm, I see. Mm, yeah, I see more raisin brand in your feet. No, it's nothing like <laughs> that's what I would crazy say. Like that. Knowing what I know now, I think you're gonna have a good BM after some raisin bread. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, so I messed up. Clean. I messed up last night because on the flight back home from uh, we were in Newark last night. And, last uh, night. Yeah, man. And so on the flight back, the uh, I was talking to the flight attendant and I says, "Hey, do you uh, you have any cookies?" She goes, "I don't have any cookies." She goes, "But I have cookie dough." I go, "What does that mean?" She goes, "I can bake you some cookies right now if you want." I said, "Sweet." So go for it. So next thing I know, the whole plane smells like cookies. And then she, you know, she starts bringing them. And everybody else is sleeping. So I'm the only one that's awake on the flight. And so she just starts bringing me cookies. And I freaking killed like a dozen cookies. And I'm feeling it right now. Just this, saying. This, this wasn't a Southwest flight. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. no this, was a, this was a private flight. Uh, yeah. This was a private flight. That's why we were, you know, we, uh, we finished the show. And then we went to the airport and, and flew back. So wow. I'm running on a couple hours. I couldn't sleep on the flight because a buddy of mine was snoring. He was sitting right across from me. Like, dude was just cutting the plane in half. Yeah, I, 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 you're doing wonderful, and it's, I'm happy to see you. But I can feel that travel on you. Yeah, this is so, rough. And we're always going. I mean, I've been doing this. I mean, forever. for you, I'm assuming that it's rough for you. It's not rough for me. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> the, the hard part for me is mornings. I'm I'm not a morning person because usually I'm up super late at night. So on average, I wake up around eleven, eleven thirty, and then just start my day. Yeah. That's my number one question, is um, what is going on with the touring? Like, why go so hard? <laughs> um, I think it's because I'm af afraid of what happens if I stop. I mean, I'm, al I'm always having the conversation of taking a break, but I never do it, or, or, or quitting, and then I don't do it. Who modeled or, that for you? Where did you see that? Uh, I think that has a lot to do with my mom. Um, you know, uh, it's one of those things where if you get something good, uh, if you got a good job, you, you take care of it. You work hard, and you know, you, you can sleep later. You, you'll, you'll take a break later. Yeah. I'm always afraid of, of uh, it's that beach ball analogy where you got to keep that beach ball up in the air. Because if you take your off of it, it's going to hit the floor and someone else is going to pick it up. 
You so think I, someone is that the the I, fear? I always yeah. I'm Another always someone's gonna take comedian? your job. It's always it's always like someone's gonna take your job. But so you, you don't gotta, need the job. You gotta go and you gotta you know make it. <laughs> but what is the point of the the job? Just to play the other I, side of well, it. Well, I love what I do, so it's uh, you know that's it's fun. I enjoy it. I, I nothing else. I love doing more than than stand up. But you know I'm I'm always afraid of like okay you work this hard uh, what's gonna happen? What do you what do you do with it? And and you're saying it came from your mom, and and you were raised. It's always yeah, you know. Would you call yourself poor? I, I know you lived in low income housing, but I don't know what you want to call it. I think now that I've traveled the world, I don't think we were ever poor. I just think that we didn't have everything. Um, I know I've seen poor. I've seen poor. I've seen a guy walk in the street wearing a polo shirt, and that's it. Yeah. And he's just walking, and he didn't even look unhappy. He was just where was that? Day. India. Yeah. I was in India, and I'm like, wow, okay, this is a different level. So, um, you know, we always had a roof over our head. So I can't ever say that, you know. But you were American uh, poor. America, American F- poor. First world poor. First world poor. So we, we always had I mean, a roof the first over world our head. It was better. always uh, something to eat yeah. in the fridge. Uh, and I always had clothes on my back. You know, I might not have had the, the newest Nikes or I might not have had the, the newest Walkman or toys or whatever. But, you know, I, I can't say that we were ever poor. We just didn't have everything. And now you do. Yes. And how are you finding that? It's uh, it's cool, but I mean, at least I remember what it was like not to have, to want. It sounds know, like you're holding on to what it's like not to have. Yeah. Isn't the not stopping like, it's like Jay Leno. It's like Because then you get, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jay, Jay, Jay's always working, too. Jay's always playing with his cars. And, he's, and Kevin Hart, he's too. He's gone every weekend. Kevin Hart had the, grew up rough, and his, his mom would schedule him all the time to keep him safe. And I've, you know, I heard other people be like, I think that's probably why he won't stop working. There's probably something in there like that, and it's funny because Kevin Hart, I like, I, I, I know I work a lot, but Kevin, I don't, I think there's like 90 Kevin Hearts because he does so much. It's like he's got a podcast, he's a he's bag of Kevin got, Hart's. He's got his own uh, network. He's making freaking, and once you think he's, you know, that's his latest movie, but then there's a trailer for the following one. I was like, how did you do two, three movies at the same time? And then yeah. he's hosting multiple television shows. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. just like, dude. But even though you love stand up, you're 46. 46. Like, even if you fly private, going to Newark, just the up and the down of it. I, I'm 43, and I'm like, this isn't as easy as it used to be. No, definitely and not. And even though stand-up is fun, I mean, it does plateau. At a certain point, like, you're ringing that bell, then you just sort of rang it again. Like, it's sort of hard to get that, the same rush. Like, when we were starting... Go that was do the an best open. because you didn't know what was going to exactly, happen. Exactly, that's what trying I'm to find the gig. Who's going to be there? I wonder how many people are in the audience. Right, you know, I want to. Yeah. Uh, let's see how this goes. Now you're Green Day. Nice. I, I remember the the basis for Green Day said, "I've been all around the world. It looks like a hockey arena," and I was like, "So that's there's something going on there." What I'm trying to say is like, it does start to blend. If and, I, and I, w- I said that the other night, I'm like, yeah. I go. You have to tell me where I'm at because every green room looks the same. Yeah, you're every you're Bob Hope going on stage. He goes, "What's the name of the mayor?" (laughs) You know, they got to put the name of the city on the floor. Yeah, right by the speaker, so that you know, when we walk out, they're like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Right. That does. I mean, there's no end game to that. There's no like you. You don't want to hang it up or, or or slow it down. So once I did Dodger Stadium, I says, "You know what? Okay, what's gonna happen here? Because that's like a no one's done it." And then I did it, and it went very well, and now it's going to be a special. So the conversation was, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the, all right, leave on a high note. Mm. But then it's like, okay, if I did that, can I do something else? Can what I would that be? What would that look like? Uh, well, I was, I was saying, uh, I, says, 
<laughs> no one's ever done it in space. I go, I got to make friends with Elon or freaking Bezos and see if I'm going up there for do quick five. <laughs> Or just you know, uh, because of the way light the, travels, the world is pretty big. Is uh, you know, there's there's so many other places and other venues, and you know, I just found out that I'm going to be uh, in Europe coming up uh, sometime in the next few months, and I'm going to play the O2 Arena, which is one of those. It was a bucket list venue because like, all right, every time we go to the UK, like we've played smaller rooms and been a lot more, you know, careful with the plays. But I think this time I'm like, I'm going to go for it. Why not? Does it satisfy though? Do you, when you do the OT arena, how long does the hit last? Or are you just like I did another? I don't know place? because again, it's like so when I did Madison Square Garden, it was like freaking cool. It did you know the most famous venue in the world, and it's like okay, so it was a short high, and then it's like all right, what are we gonna do next? Right, you know? and then it's like all right, we did Staples. All right, no. All right, we did the Sydney Opera House. But that's right. that's why I'm Where asking. It's like, so there's always there's always something there. So I, I don't know if I got to find a new hobby, something else to, to gravitate towards. It's sort of the like, if you can do anything, how do you, if you can do everything, how do you do anything sort of thing? Like having like a quiet breakfast in Rome by yourself, looking at the sun coming through the trees. Is, you know, what's crazy is, is I hard. can't imagine that because I, I for some reason, like I, I, I can't imagine being doing anything by myself. Interesting. It's the weirdest thing. I know a lot of people that can handle just functioning day to day, just being solo. But I, I always feel like I need people around me. Well, people around us tell us who we are. They're, I'm treating you like Gabriel Iglesias right now. And if we weren't here, there would be no one to reflect Gabriel Iglesiasness back to you. Nice. So you'd start to vanish. But you're something so much more precious than Gabriel Iglesias. You're, you know, to use religious language, you could say you're a child of God. Nobody can take that away from you. Or you can say you're a dignified, inherent, worthy member of the universe. You I love are. that. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with your accomplishments. Are you an achiever? Do you want to ring the bell so people see you as a good boy, as a valuable thing? Wow, that is deep. Man. Not as deep as this couch. No, not as deep as this couch. <laughs> that, was, that, was a, that was a beautiful question. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm that way. I don't know. I've been doing this for so long. It almost seems like if I wasn't doing this, what, what exactly would I be doing? What's my purpose? Because I think we all want to have a purpose in life. And if you feel like you're doing something that not only brings joy to yourself, but to others, that's like, that's that's a gift. That's like, why wouldn't you want to continue that? But then there comes a point when, you know, mentally it's like, okay, well, where, where, where are we taking this? Yeah. You know, when when is it enough or, you know? When and when we, does, and when do you take care of yourself? And when, yeah, when can we? Because I'll tell you something right now. Um, I've been go 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 for twenty five years, and when COVID hit, COVID showed me that you know what, time off is not that bad. And that year that I was off the road, my health improved dramatically. Of course, you know, freaking lost all that weight, started working out, started just eating better, and and I felt better. And I'm well, like, you weren't wow. hosting a green room party. That, that's another thing too. And and I was getting eight to ten hours of sleep per mm. day, and it's like wow. So a year of that, it was a, a drastic difference. And I'm like, you know, I I think that I've I have been going hard for a long time, and and maybe you know maybe taking a, a really significant break would be better yeah it's hard they say people that work like in uh, parking garages that work the night shift and stuff they live like 20 30 percent shorter lives there's something about like we're not supposed to be nocturnal mm. it's one of those things where working at night isn't isn't necessarily great and that's not to guilt you that's just to say like yeah you experienced that during the pandemic, your rhythms lined up with the earth. The it sun it goes changed. down, yeah. Gabe went down. Sun it, comes it, up, it Gabe totally comes up. It totally changed. Yeah, that, that's it. I wonder, and this is going to sound like such a serious question, but I'm going to tell you my answer is yes before I ask you. 
is your biggest fear that you're worthless. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what all the running about is about. You know, trying I mean? to trying to keep myself busy. You're not nobody. You sold out Dodger Stadium. You're not nobody. You're going to sell out the O O three. Nice O three. Is that what? <laughs> It'll it is? be the O three when I'm done with it. No. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? <laughs> what is it called? Oh, the O two. O two. I didn't even get it because I didn't know that's what it was funny. called. The O three. Yeah, you'll take it to the next level. Uh. But that's interesting. I'm just saying that to relate. We're not going to figure it out today. But at least you can walk away from this and go like, you're not alone. Like, there's a lot of us that go like. Really, if we're not producing, we don't know what what's lovable about us. We want to. I want to wow people. You know what I mean. I'm always in that in that frame of mind where it's just like, okay, you know, I, I never want to. Uh, I guess not necessarily be forgotten, but just be like, you know, I I I don't know. It's it's weird. I don't know how to, how to phrase it's, it right now. It's funny. I was thinking about it while I was waiting for you both to walk up. I, there's a Buddhist expression, which is the cup is already broken. They, they, some monk says, you know why I'm happy? And they say, why? And he goes, he had a cup. He goes, I know this cup is already broken. And there's something beautiful about that, meaning this, this, I'm already dead. Uh, you're already dead. I, I'm not, this isn't morbid. There's, there's a hopefulness to it. We're clinging. It answers the ghost questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already dead. Yeah, there's a hole in my back. Wait a minute. He was dead the whole time. I, I just mean like when we cling and when we believe that our identity is in other people's eyes, like we need that. You got it. There's a, there's a freedom in just going like, this is our, this house is gone. How many houses have been built on this land? Mm. How many people have lived have in this lived land? Have lived and died right here where we're standing You ever watch at? like go on YouTube, you type in like turn of the century footage, color corrected and speed corrected. And you just watch people walking around Manhattan like people in bowler caps With the, and yeah, dresses yeah. and trolleys. You go like, each one of these people is worried. Each one of these people doesn't know what happens when you die. Each one of these people is worried they offended somebody. They're worried about money. Some of them don't know where they're going to get their next meal. Some of them are overfed. Some of them are underfed. Some of them are rich. Some of them are poor. They're all gone. And if they could come back and see us doing the same thing, they'd laugh in our face. The cup is already broken. And you're already good. Like, look, we're just sitting here right now. Everything's fine. Everything's good. Until I, I try to get off the couch. <laughs> I'll yank you off. I promise. I'll yank you off. But th this, is the, this is the achiever thing. Do you remember when that started when you were a kid? Like when you first saw your potential to razzle-dazzle and shine? I was 10 years old. School talent show. Really? Yeah. Were you the host? Please tell me you're the host with like a thin little cane and like a candy strip no, shirt. No. <laughs> um, I was actually going to go out on stage and do a... Um, a routine with a friend of mine. We were going to do like a Saturday Night Live sketch. And when the curtain opened up, he got scared and he ran out. And no. So the, and so the lady that was uh, putting on the audition, she goes, well, your friend left you. Is there anything you know how to do by yourself? I said, well, I can do voices. She goes, what do you mean? And I just started doing like impressions of cartoon characters and stuff. And they just started looking at each other. And I was like, okay. And they're like, okay, you're on Saturday. And I'm like, what? No. Just like that. So uh, I wound up going out on stage and someone... Someone says, the best way to break the ice is with a joke. I said, well, I don't know any jokes. And someone gave, told me a joke, and I said it. And I was 10 years old. I said, why did the chicken cross the road? And then I said, to check out the chicks. You know, I've it's, never heard that one. It's, uh, well, it's, you know, for a 10-year-old, that was pretty groundbreaking. If you're 46, it sounds a little creepy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> To check out but, the chicks. You know what? To check out the chicks. And so I opened up with that, and then I just started doing these you impressions and stuff, and it just it went over well. Do you remember your... I have so many questions. Do you remember your first impression? 
Oh God, I was doing like uh, Pee Wee Herman, Ronald Reagan, Yogi, Yogi what Bear, your, your uh, Yogi Bear. Uh, so you had a bunch. Yeah, I was even doing Bill Cosby. Crazy, right? Of course. Um, I used to kill at church with Bill Cosby. Yeah, it was just it was just a few, and I wasn't even saying nothing funny. It was just the fact that I was doing the voices and it of course was coming out of this kid, out of this adorable kid. I mean, you you've got so much charisma. Uh, everybody's rooting for you the moment you walk on stage and then you do voice like great of, of course now but i imagine even then pretty good voices the other question i was going to ask was do you remember how that felt did that did that he- start oh, to man. feel something man that was uh, an incredible feeling because i didn't i wasn't sure what the reaction was supposed to be i just remember i was like a big fan of eddie murphy and i saw his comedy specials and i was like ooh that's cool i like that he goes up there he he's telling stories he's doing voices and it's just, it seemed like that. I want yeah. that. And he's fearless. Absolutely fearless. And so um, when I started doing stand-up, you know, when I actually called myself a stand-up, all I was doing was impressions and characters. I wasn't really talking about myself. Mm-hmm. And so that took a few years for me to get comfortable enough to share real experiences and stories. And all I did was I just put the, the sound effects and the characters and the, you know, the impressions on top of that. And so it turned all of my regular stories into like, whoa. Right. You know what I mean? Secret sauce. So, exactly. So, instead of saying, oh, I ran to this girl and she was crazy, it's more so like, yeah, I ran to this girl and she's like, oh my God. And then, you know, like, whoa, I'd bring the room up with the, right, right. the energy and the sounds and then the back and forth. And Do you like Pablo? Because I, I... Pablo, actually, uh, I remember watching Pablo early on. I got to open he for was him one, of one those time. Guys, yeah. Yeah, definitely. He is one of those guys. Bong, bong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do something with the knife. That's what I always say. Yeah, here you go. Do something with the knife. Here you go. <laughs> Hold my baby. Hold my baby. <laughs> it's actually John Mulaney and I still say do something with the knife do something to with each knife. other. It's from, what is it? What show? It's uh, Jerry Springer mm. that they encourage violence they in encourage the crowd. Violence, he's like, yes. here, do something with the knife. <laughs> knife. Giving the audience the knife. knives. Um, Pablo, Pablo actually uh, is one of those guys that, you know, I don't think he gets enough credit. He, I agree. Uh, he opened up a lot of doors in Europe. Like, I, the reason I started to play Europe so much is because Pablo had gone there and he paved the way. There was promoters out there and they're like, we saw Pablo Francisco and we wanted to bring him out here to Europe. We know he'd do good. And then apparently he was just selling out left and right. And so mm. they're like, well, you know, this guy can do it. Well, maybe we can bring other people. And so Pablo was the first one that, that laid that groundwork. Oh, so wow. once I went out there, it's like, yeah, this is the Pablo run. I'm like, well, let's do the Pablo run. Yeah. And also the Scandinavian stage, countries, yeah. that... Oh my! Not not the same voice you did, but that's sort of like he Characters, wants to do. Characters, he's very do, character driven. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, one of the first guys that I saw. Mm-hmm. His thing about um, Lincoln Park. I forget it. We don't have to do Pablo bits all day, but like I, my my wife and I will just throw it on to watch it. Where he's like, they talk in two voices. It's like I don't know what to do. Here I am. Like they have two modes. It kills me every single time. So tell me about. From being 10 in a uh, talent show, then the feeling that you got. So you kind of got hooked. I got hooked when I was 10. And then and well, then the next ahead. time I got a chance to go up on in front of people was when I was in high school and I was on the speech team. Okay. And so every day I'd get up in front of the class and just tell random stories about whatever. But I was getting credit for, for being in front of the class. Yeah. And so that's where I got my my chops and just my my you know being comfortable in front of people anytime every day in front of class every wanted day. you to perform that was always such a happy thing 
for guys I like I hated us. writing. Yeah. I hated reading and writing and just, ugh. I just wanted to go up there and talk. Yeah. And even now, like, I don't, nothing is ever on paper. Nothing is ever written out. Nothing's ever typed out. Nothing's ever text. It's just, it's all up here. Right. I might have bullet points for things just so I remember, but I, I cannot sit and write stuff out and try to perform it like that. It has, to, it has to come from here for the first time. And then if it goes well, I remember, and then I, I reapply it. I, I completely agree. They say one side of your brain dictates and the other side communicates. Mm. So if you're reciting something, it's the other side than the communicating. And I see you when you're doing your stand-up. You're communicating the bit. You're there. Mm-hmm. You're talking to them. You'll adapt. It, yeah, You'll it doesn't change. feel like it's a recite. You know, it's not it's like, okay, here we go. Yeah, you're not just telling a joke that you wrote that's like crafted. Obviously, it's crafted, but you know what I mean? Like with an exacto knife, like you trim away the the dot on the there, and you know what there's some people that can do it i, I just i've never had that ability and it's yeah. not that i can't read or write it's just that it's it's work for me and if it's work i don't want to do it what did, it, like, it has to be fun before you had that outlet and again please know that you're in in good company here i was a really anxious kid and and to this day if my wife and i go to dinner and mm-hmm. i can't tune out the people around us i can't just enjoy it She's, she'll be like, you need to do a set. And like, I remember, it's hard to remember, but like junior high, high school, what it felt like before guys like us found a steady outlet, was it, how did that manifest? Anxiety, I had it, like health problems, digestive problems, like I needed to find a way to express myself. Um, you know, I, I only had a couple of friends back in high school, and fortunately, they're still my friends, you know. And, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, two, and I got two, so you know it worked out. I chose wisely. Um, <laughs> he has chosen I, wisely. I spent most of my time around my mom and my two friends. So I mean, it was I didn't really have moments or, or times where I felt like, oh, what do I need? I mean, I had a Nintendo, I had a stereo, I had TV, cable, and then my two friends. And so I, I felt like I was always, you know, I was always okay. Don't get me wrong, I, I had a, I was always talking about comedy around them. Yeah. They all they they all both knew, like oh he's always talking about this like this is something real. Yeah, but you felt like you were okay. It's funny, um, a kid with a, two friends and a mom and a Nintendo. Yeah, right. I'm like that's a kid that and thinks you don't, he's okay. And you don't know you you don't know if you don't know. <laughs> that's what I mean. You like know? looking back, it's like oh, do you feel like okay. comedy was helping pull you out of something? For me, it did. It did. Yeah, it did. But I mean, you know, again, if if you don't know that you're not having the best time or it's you know what's on the other side of the wall then you know how can you stress over it yeah i was bullied bullying yeah. i mean didn't that help i mean when you do talent shows when you start doing stand-up you, you have that identity that, that confidence that 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 was there for that like you know the next day everybody's like dude that was great blah blah That's blah right. and everybody's all of a sudden like That's you went right. from being unseen to seen by everyone all of a sudden and that is a rush and a half right there and it's protecting you i saw something where you talked about you love iron man and i was like of course you love iron man you built a suit to protect you Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what you did (laughs) right yeah i mean crazy right yeah it's a great metaphor i feel the same way like you go into the cave like tony stark the dark place Mm -hmm. place where you're afraid and vulnerable and you use the scraps you have. Oh, I have a personality. Oh, I can do voices. You weld them together. You come out and no one messes with you anymore. That's you, awesome. You I just, love that. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's deep. I'm like, ooh. 
But I mean, I, I saw you. You know how many hours I spent in therapy and didn't have this kind of breakthrough? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is what we needed was the deep ass couch in this comp. Yeah, and, then I, and a guy who also loves called Iron, me Iron Man. She just wanted my Iron Card. That's what she wanted here. Uh, just put it right there. Time's up. Let's go. We'll talk next week. I just relate hard to that. I, I saw that because I saw your collection of VW buses and your favorite one is Iron, Iron Man, Man bus. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty, and dope. I think I think also too we uh, we gravitate towards superheroes whenever we have our own insecurities. You're like, oh, what was their issue? What was their thing? Well, they were wounded. And, yeah. Again, I'm not trying to break you down. I'm telling you, you were someone who's been broken down to me, and I was a vulnerable kid. And just like the more I, the older I get, I'm like, fuck. This is why I was talking to you about travel and stuff. I'm sensitive. Like I go on stage. I I'm with you. I'm going for. Uh, like a fearless guy like mm-hmm. a guy that's very comfortable and i can get there and i love it but like hang out talk to my wife she'll be like pizza pizza afraid of leaf blowers you know what i mean like or like a leaf blower can ruin my morning because i just like what is that fucking noise like because it reminds me of my parents arguing or whatever oh it might God. be like there's a there's a there's a sweet not just me i think in a lot of us there's still a vulnerable little kid mm-hmm. that grown grown ass us has to pick up every morning and go you know what I have you now. I'm going to take care of you now. And and sometimes you build them a suit. Again, I don't know what I expect you to say that. No, man. I, I think that's awesome. I, I really do. That's like, wow. Okay. But all the super... A couple of things now he's got me with. I'm like, I did not expect this today. <laughs> I did not sign up for this. Uh, Want to promote? What's the name of the tour? Is that what we're promoting? Oh, man. We're good. <laughs> Yeah, no, dude, you're doing us a favor. We're not helping you out. You're helping the show out. We appreciate you being here. That's so, what she's like, the special. Yeah. Oh, the yeah, special? That was a special. Oh, the special at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, that thing. What's it going to be on? <laughs> October 18th. On? On Netflix. All right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be my homepage. <laughs> no doubt. Pardon the interruption, friends. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. I'm so happy to be working with BetterHelp. As you guys know, I'm a huge believer in therapy. Therapy has changed my life. And we all know the problem of staying in a place where you're focusing on your problems and the difficulty you can have sometimes shifting to a place where you see solutions. But that is a really important shift dwelling on our problems and making the shift to looking for solutions. And that mindset is super, super important. And talk therapy is a huge part of that. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem solving mode when faced with a challenge in your life. But when you learn how to find your own solution, there is no better feeling. And a therapist can help you become a better problem solver. That's what they do. They sort of update your software in your brain to make you your own better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals no matter how big or small. I personally started seeing a therapist in my life when I was going through a tough breakup. Uh, I hadn't yet started the breakup, but I wanted to break up with somebody. I needed to talk it through. I needed to find a way to solve the problems that I was having. And it absolutely was a huge, huge game changer. The benefits are incredible. Less stress, more confidence, and like we're saying, better problem solving. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists at any time. And when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash weirdo today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash 
WEIRDO for 10% off your first month and show your support of this show. All right, let's get back to it. All right, so we've already broken both of us wide open. Tell me, so 10 to high school, that's a pretty long performance gap. What was the beginning of stand-up for you? Because I heard you lost your house and your car over it. Is that true? Oh, shoot. Okay, so... (laughs) April 10, 1997 was the actual start date. And at that time, I had a really good job working for a company called LA Cellular, which eventually became AT&T. Um, I was selling cell phones back when they were, you know, like cell phones, not like these, you know, tablets that fall out of your pocket and they break. Right. Like I was selling a phone called a, a Motorola PC 550 flip phone. And it was literally a brick. Like you would switch the out the one. batteries. Yeah, the gray one. You would switch out the batteries. And back then, man, you'd charge it one time and your phone was good for like three, four days. Really? Yeah. Well, I thought uh, you were going to say the opposite. Like no, three, no, no, no. The, 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 well, because back then you only used your phone to talk on it. You weren't texting. You weren't yeah. looking at Google. You weren't doing all kinds of other things. With it. it was literally just to talk. And then you're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could feel like, you know, anytime you talk on it, you could feel that radiation. So when you'd hang up, your ears buzzing, your yes, face is tingling. Yes. But uh, my dad I, had one of those. That's why I'm really. Yeah, those yeah. those those were like phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember um, the car phone. They had cell phones that were like little briefcases. The back phone. Yeah, the back phone. Bag phone. Uh, so there was a couple times I, pr- I would program bag phones, people that had the car, you know, because usually you'd have the phone and then you would program the phone. You know, put the number and all the information. You had to, every single phone, you had to program it yourself. Yeah. And so I would I would have to go in and, and, you know, do that. But every now and then somebody would bring me a bag phone or tell me they want to connect their car phone. And then I'd have to go out to the car and then, you know, call. All right, how do I do this? Okay, here we go. And make it happen. <laughs> but I was making such good money back then. Really? Yes. And I had benefits. I'd never had benefits before. I never had insurance. I never had, you know, dental, all that stuff. I'm and not so sure. I, I, I didn't have insurance. <laughs> funny, right? And I didn't, I, you know, when you're 20 years old, you're indestructible. You're like, I could care less about insurance. So I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. But it's like when you get older, you're like, oh, yeah, that's important. And so my mom knew from the get that's a big deal. And so the fact that I had that really good job, I was making, you know, a lot of money for that. It's a lot of money now, if you think about it. Um, You know, I remember I bought a brand new leather jacket at Wilson's House of Suede. I was all excited. My car, I had an apartment. And then when I quit my job to pursue comedy, um, everybody's like, what are you doing? You know, I ran out of money quick. That's huge, I ran though. out of money so fast. Before I got you... evicted from my apartment, and then the uh, repo guy was looking for the car. Really? Mm-hmm. Tell me about the decision. I know you knew you were funny. Were you just doing better than everyone at the open mics? Like, yes. Tell me uh, about why. <laughs> it was going very well. I did uh, my first television show within the, like four months of, of me starting. Whoa. Uh, what was it was that? a TV show called Make Me Laugh on Comedy Central. And um, I did one episode, and they said, you're really good. You want to do another one? Cool. So I did a second one. They're like, hey, we had a falling out. You want to do a third one? Sure. So in two days' time, I did three episodes. Wow. And t- a TV check was like, wow. I had not seen that before. Yeah. And I had three in a row. And I'm like, well, shoot, if I could just keep this pace up, you know, I saw how easy it was. And I thought it was just always going to be that way. Right. And so you were quitting with confidence. Oh, I was quitting with confidence. <laughs> I, I still have the letter that I, I faxed over to my office i faxed it over and i was like yeah i am gonna be uh, in two weeks time blah blah this will be my last day i'm pursuing my career as a comedian blah 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 blah, blah. I, 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 lay, I laid it out yeah it's some i got i got it's, you gotta uh, put it up in your office it man. was That's uh, incredible it was and it was one of those faxes what's it was on the roll 
Remember those? Yeah, the, the, of course. On the, 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 like the heat one. Yeah. Not yep. the regular paper one. Like, you know, yeah. It comes out hot. Yeah, exactly. It comes out hot. Comes yeah, out yeah. hot. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, I quit way too soon. And <laughs> way too soon. Looking back, that everything was really fell through. I, I wound up uh, living on my sister's couch for a while. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I refused to go back to work. I refused. I did not want to go backwards. Everyone's like, dude, the job is just there. It's waiting for you. And I'm like, but if I go back to that, I'm going to get comfortable and I'm not going to want to pursue this. Yes. Yeah. I hear you. You, know, you wanted to so keep the volley- I, uh, the beach ball in the air. Yes. I, I loved being out at night. I loved hanging out with comics. I loved hearing stories. I loved winding up at Denny's at three o'clock in the morning. And then I drag my ass back home and then have to be up at seven to go to this job. And I'm just like falling asleep during the day. And it's just like, mm. uh I, I totally get that. Once I made the break uh, from having a straight job or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, I just was like, it was when I moved to New York. I was living in Chicago. Okay. And I was working at Bennigan's. And then I was like... Oh, that place was good. They had really good Monte Crisco's. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And when I moved to New York, I was like, obviously, we had saved up a little bit of money and stuff, but I was like, I'm not going to get a job. Because I knew if I had a job... Look, it's people are listening. Young stand-ups are listening. Yeah, it's prudent. You can't. Not everybody can do that. But at that point, I was like, I'm going to burn the candle at both ends, man. So it's you know. And I was on TV within four months of moving to New York, which was also incredible. And that was five hundred a week doing the show called Best Week Ever. And I was like, this changed my life. Now I'm paying the rent. My wife, my ex-wife, was a public school teacher. But I, I was like, oh my god, I'm making two thousand dollars a month doing this show. It's fucking nuts. But I think that had something to do with the fact that if you don't have a job and you don't go out, and if if, if you're not doing a set, at mm-hmm. least going and watching sets or hanging out or trying being to around do a set, it. being around it. But I wouldn't have done it. I know me. It turns out I have ADHD and it's hard for me to shift gears and stuff. I want to do one thing. I still only want to do one thing. This is the thing I'm doing today. I was excited. I am excited. I'm still excited to be talking with you. Do this thing. One other thing. I got up. I, I had to, to write something. Then I do this. That's it. Petey's brain is done shifting gears. Nice. I can't go and also, <laughs> uh, you know, weave a basket. I'm done. From For the rest of the day, I'm just going to be a dad. That's fine. But uh, I, I relate to that like I can't. And I'm also, I admire the... You know, you got your your suede jacket and, and you got your it, benefits it was, it, and you walked away. You know, uh, I tell people all the time because it's like, you know, they say, what's this, the biggest secret? Well, the biggest secret, I mean, it's very simple. Sacrifice. What are you willing to give up? You know, you got to be willing to give up being comfortable. Mm. I was very comfortable. It's 1997. I was making as a 20-year-old, what I see, uh, I was making about $5,000 a month. That's great. Which making $5,000 a month now is freaking huge. That's right. Back then, are you kidding me? I Forget was freaking it. ghetto rich. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. I was ghetto rich. <laughs> I was I was making commissions off of, off of cell phones. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like, are you kidding me? This is awesome. Yeah, that is incredible. And so to give that up to pursue this, because everybody's like, well, how much do you get doing stand-up? Well, sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's five bucks. Every now and then someone will give me 50. Yeah. You know? And they're like, uh, the math doesn't work out. And it, trying to explain to people that it's not a money thing, it, it, it doesn't make sense. It's they're a like, compulsion. They're like, well, uh, okay, so how are you going to survive? Yeah. Um, what, what did your mom say? Oh, my mom was not happy. <laughs> she was not happy. 
my mom was like, are you kidding me? She's like, you got benefits. You, uh, having medical insurance alone for my mom was like the biggest thing. Like, yeah. You don't understand how important this is. And how hard And how is. hard it is yeah. to get. Because I didn't just have a, a regular plan. I had the... I had a PPO, man. You said dental. Yeah, Forget PPO, it. dental. Yeah. I was able to get braces. Dude, I, my grill was all jacked up one day. <laughs> um, and then uh, once I quit, they took away the dental, and I still had the braces on. So I had to, you know, I never got the braces taken off. They just stayed in my mouth until each one started falling off individually. No. Yeah, it was stupid. Um, so I had braces for about five years. And then didn't you have, like, the little cement? You had to just brush real hard to get that off? Yeah, I just left it. I just left it. And then one day going in, they're like, wow, you really rolled this out. I go, yeah. See, this is why I like these stories because now you're on your heated toilet and you got the Wi-Fi. Yeah, it's, so I understand and I appreciate things differently. It's like, I remember yeah. the cold toilet seat. <laughs> it's a metaphor for a the whole cold toilet seat, the part of your life. Yeah, it's just different. So your mom obviously was right in saying that. But one of the things that Peter told me to ask you about, he said, I always love when Gabe talks about his mom. I know you have like a, a fierce love and loyalty for your mom. Did she come around like when you were pursuing your your dream? She was not um, like um, going out of her way to be supportive, but she wasn't trying to. <laughs> she wasn't hilarious. trying to talk me out of it either. Okay, she's like whatever makes you happy. But she could see that you know, like whatever this is, he's still struggling because I was still asking her to help me, like co-sign for cars and and you know every now and then can I you know borrow a little bit of money here because yeah, sure. i didn't make enough and so she's like uh but she knew that i was happy doing it yeah and once i got to a place where it's like she, you know once she was there for the taping of my first special and she saw the reaction she saw everything and she's like mm. wow okay mm. and then the second one mm. and then just seeing where it was going and so she got to see a lot of the success of it and saw me be happy doing what i love to do mm. so she got it she still didn't think i was funny Really? She, the humors, you know, she didn't get the humor. Um, but in person, like when I wasn't on stage, I was always, my mom was always cracking up. I always had my mom dying of laughter. Um, but on stage, it just, it didn't make sense. Just a generational. Yeah, it, it was, it was different. But she would invite friends to my shows. And if the friends weren't laughing, she'd go, how come you're not laughing? <laughs> so she'd check her friends, you know, like, and then my mom would heckle me sometimes because sometimes I'd talk about her. And then, you know, I don't, oh, she'll you know, yell I talk about it. She'll yell in the room. That's not true. I'm like, oh, shit, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you this? It is true, right? What you're saying is true. Yeah, it is true. But because like, when what, I, when I talk the story about my was mom. about my mom or saying something about her, she would she'd be quick to. Be, that's what happens. If I say something that's 100% true, my mom always goes, that never happened. And I'm like. Don't you see? This is why I'm talking about it on stage because as soon as you say it, it evaporates. The glass, the cup is already broken, like it's gone. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I have to tell people that you said something insane. <laughs> but she'll never, she'll never admit it. She'll mm -hmm. never be like, that was me, that was me. And she has heckled. She heckled. Uh, who was it? She heckled my college roommate who was giving a toast at my second wedding. My my mm -hmm. most recent. <laughs> she heckled him and was like, "You're ruining it." Oh my god! Wrap it up. I was like, "Mom, this is, this is a, we <laughs> it's a wedding. Give him the light. <laughs> this isn't governors." <laughs> you know? Yeah, she she would have given him the light. So, what was your first special? What was that first break? How long were you living with your your sister? Ah uh, man, I was on my sister's couch for about a year before I started making enough money to go have these on the rent and uh, with her. I want, yes, I want to say in two thousand. Was it two thousand two thousand one? I'm I'm guessing. I'm, I'm 
I had to go online and, and see for myself. Um, I got on a TV show on Nickelodeon called All That. Yeah, I remember. So I was on a season of that, uh, and man, every week, like those checks, I had no idea that you know I could I could be making that kind of money, uh, and the checks were just you know so all these episodes and they just kept flowing in and I'm like wow, that's interesting. You- I lost a check. What do you mean? Like, like physically, like lost I it. physically lost a check, and then I found it like six months later. I'm like, oh my god, I I didn't realize that I did not cash this because I was just so overwhelmed. Where it's like I went uh, from having no money to all of a sudden, you know, here's all these fat checks every week, and yeah. I wasn't spending everything. I was very, being very, you know, good. Yeah. But I guess my sister or somebody had put one of the checks in a in a file cabinet, wow. and I found it. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's that's and great. that was like oh my god that was the best day I remember I went to the bank like yes isn't <laughs> six months at that at that point the show was already over so don't you have to get it reissued after ninety days you know what here's the thing with that check is that no <laughs> no it was it was a still it was still good it was a cast I remember it said casting crew it was a casting crew check and that those are good forever that one was apparently that's fantastic here's sort of going sideways here. Nickelodeon. I think I even have a picture of, of that. Of the check? check? Yeah. I love I it. I just remember casting crew and it had the, the thing with the film, uh, like a like a, a projector, the way that the, the Yeah, yeah, of course. You know. It's a it's a you I'm glad you keep these faxes and these checks. You gotta have these uh uh hallmarks. I even have a my one of my favorite things that I have is I got a letter from the Ice House and I had submitted a tape to the Ice House to see about, you know, getting booked. And uh, Elaine, who was the booker at the time, she had sent me this letter. She's like, you know, comedy is a very competitive thing, blah, blah, blah. You do show promise, but at this time, we don't think that you're ready for our clubs and oh. stuff like that. And I still have the the letter. At least they were kind of nice about it. It was, it was nice. It was like, it was a, not a definite no, but you're not ready now. That's. But it's, it's a, you know, I still have it. It still hurt, though. It did, but. Uh, the manager at the Providence, Rhode Island uh, Comedy Connection, mm. she didn't even look up from her desk. She went. Come back in six months. And I was like, I could have been like, okay, she's not saying no. She's just saying I'm not ready yet. But I still was like super depressed after that. You never want to hear no. No. And no is the hardest thing to hear. Um, but that's another thing too. It's like, how persistent are you? Yeah. If you really think this is for you, it doesn't matter how many times people tell you no. It's like, no, I know this is right. Right. I know that you have to have a certain level of stubbornness and, and just like drive. Because if you, you give up easy or let people sway you, yeah, then that's you know that's your downfall. Right. If there. you had a different personality, maybe or a different temperament, you might have quit because you got so many no's. But did you? It just felt so right getting laughs. It felt so right. And like I said, I'm 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 a stubborn person. I'm I'm reasonable and I'm logical. If you can show me that your your way is better, yeah, you know. But still, it felt like not to put words in your mouth, but like kind of like a coming home. Like this is who I was always meant to be so if someone gave you a letter i knew i I was meant to be a comic i just didn't know how i was gonna do it yeah dude i I say this on the show all the time i bet you'll relate though i was at an open mic meaning most people don't relate i was at open mic there were three people there this is in chicago and i vividly remember saying the only time i did the bit if you can call it a bit was i was like i know what i'm supposed to sound like i know my cadence i just don't know the words like, I know I'm mm. supposed to be like, and then you'll be like, and then I'll be like, but I was up there going like, Robocop. Like, I, I, I just hadn't found it. I couldn't wait to be a, a real 
comedian that had opinions and raised my voice and and acted things out right. and I just didn't know but I I could see it and that was my certainty. I was like I know I will do that at mm-hmm. some point, but right now I'm standing here frozen just kind of like oh, you know, like I wasn't that nervous, but like you know, not good yet, but I could see it. But also to perform for three people, that's that's super stressful. Oh yeah. You know, I I remember doing that and just knowing that like uh the energy is not the same. So I was you know, I always base my show on the energy that I get from the people. So I rely on the feedback. So if the feedback is good, I'm going to keep it going. So if it's high energy, I'm going to be high energy. Yeah. But if for some reason it's like, you know, the crowd's, eh, then I'm going into, eh, okay. That's to, right. To complete that game. I mirror too. Yeah. And that's why so many comedians I see, they go up and they're shooting shotguns, basically. They're really going hard. I'm like, that's not that's not what the crowd is. Like, you're asking them to do something that they haven't shown that they can do. And I don't think they can do it. Like, it's better to, like, I find it more powerful if the crowd's real quiet to go up and be quiet. Like, I did the improv the other night. It was a Sunday night. And for some reason, it was just light. And everyone was going like, it's it's still Saturday. It's still Saturday. I don't know why I'm Bill Burr all of a sudden. But, you know, they're going loud. (laughs) And they're doing bits in fifth gear. And not to say, I, I learned this from watching other comics. I just did what I learned. I went up and I'm like off mic. I'm just like, Hey, uh, you know, I, the first thing I said was, don't feel nervous. I actually prefer it like this. I like it sleepy. Be sleepy. And I started like kind of talking about how quiet, quiet the were, room was. But telling them, it's fine. You don't have to do it. You don't have to be the crowd people expect you to be. I don't have to be the comic people expect you to be. Like finding this like, and before we knew it, we were off and running. But you can't just go up and act like it's Saturday, 10 o'clock, Sunday, 7 o'clock. Blazing, yeah. Right? Um. Depending on, like, I, I got a chance to go to see the uh, Melrose Club about two months ago. Um, Adam Carolla put together this this show. It was actually a really awesome show. It was, it was Adam Carolla. It was uh, Rob Schneider, um, Sarah Silverman. Uh, God, who else was on it? Was like Patton Oswalt, uh, Jay Moore, myself. That's a that great was a lineup. very nice, like, woof. That's great. And uh, Oh, and Leno. Leno was there, too. Oh. And it was one of those things where the energy, that room never gives off good energy like that. It's mm. always very. Unlike the Ice House, but, which always but, seems to help. Yeah, Ice House. Well, energy. wood floors help. I always Oof. tell people, wood floors helps. Because you, know, you get that bounce, you get that echo. It's almost like being in the bathroom. That was Meltdown. Yeah. The wood walls that Meltdown. Yeah, and so like, every, every special or, or CD, rec- I remember anytime someone would record a CD, they would always record it at the Ice House because the acoustics were so good. Yep, yep. yep. You know? And they write nice me- nice rejection letters. <laughs> nice. And there was a lot of clubs that wouldn't accept Ice House uh Oh, yeah, I've heard that. Because it's it, the too, room sounded so good. Yeah, I I actually agree with them. You shouldn't. Give me a tape from, I don't know. you got to be somewhere in a hole in the wall exactly. somewhere. Exactly. Here's the, here's the sideways question I had for you. I've also made it uh, where I've made it in my career in part to the fact that I come off, even if I'm saying something dirty, people are like, I love that clean comedian. Like, like I just kind of have a wholesome feel. So do you. And when you mentioned Nickelodeon and all that, and I actually, I saw a quote of yours where you talked about like, when you're starting out, like try not to talk about too many divisive things. Like just try to appeal to everybody. You'll get more fans that way. Right out of my playbook too, when I was starting out, I was like, Mm. why are you talking about, the Iraq war, you don't know what they think. Just make them laugh. Just talk about things everybody can like. Now you're in your 40s. I wonder, is there any, when people buy a ticket to your show, 
it's almost like a theme park. Like you want the fluffy experience. Yes. And if you went out, and that's great on one hand, but on the other hand, it could be golden handcuffs. Like if you wanted to be like, I want to talk about something real. I want to talk about my separation or I want to talk about, like in a real way. Mm -hmm. I I don't mean in an ugly way, like a, you know, being gross about it, but like you want to get, you know, a little bit more confessional or honest or dirty or whatever it may be. Do you ever feel constrained or tempted to go the other way? Not to shock, but just to be another kind of artist? Right. Um, You know, for many years, it's like, yes, you stay in a certain mold. You're like, be friendly, be clean, be kind. Just be make sure that, you know, everyone has a good time, a good experience. But yeah, sharing stories about, you know, you have to evolve. Because if you continue to do the exact same thing, eventually people are going to be like, yeah, I already know that. I already know how it's going to be. Yeah. So the fact that like now I'm talking about, I'm making it clear. Yeah, I'm 46 now. Yeah, like I, mean, I remember when I used to have hair. Mm. Yeah, I remember this and I remember that and, and and telling stories about how things were back then versus the way things are now. Um, I can, it's all in, in the delivery. <laughs> it's all in the delivery and how you, uh, I know what you mean. put it's it like out there. The intent behind um, it. There's ways that I can express myself, but I'm very, I'm very creative with the way that I put it out there. So instead of just being blunt and saying like I don't agree with this or, or flat out, you know, I'll I'll share a story and I'll and I'll like um for example, I'm talking about how I've maxed out on how far I'm willing to grow with society now cuz I think it's just ridiculous. Everything is just like are you kidding me? This is too sensitive out there. It's it's very uncomfortable. I go I'm a comic who's not divisive, but yet I feel pressure. Mm. I said every day it's a it's a struggle, you know, to try to learn the new things and what's the new lingo, what's the right way to say things, what's gonna get you canceled, what is okay, and so I'm sharing a story about how I went to McDonald's and uh, I was buying food for a homeless family outside, and I was telling the cashier, I go, hey, um, you know, can I get some extra napkins and, I, and you guys have the little wet naps? She goes, well, you can use the restroom if you want to wash your hands. I go, no, it's for the homeless family outside. I want to make sure they can clean their hands. And the manager comes over and she's like. Uh, did you say that you know you were getting this food for the family outside? I go, I hope that's okay. She goes, yeah. She goes, but um, you can't say homeless anymore. I go, what? She goes, you can't say homeless anymore. The the new PC term is unhoused. I go, are you kidding me? She's like, if you can't get with that, you're part of the problem, not the solution. I go, that's ridiculous. And I got loud, and she goes, are you? She goes, sir, lower your voice. I go, if that's the case, you know what? I go, from now on, I'm no longer fat. I'm unexercised. <laughs> and she goes, that's ridiculous. I go, no, it's not. And I go, if you can't get with that, you're, you're part of the problem, not the solution. And so it was this whole thing where I'm trying to show my frustration, but at the same time, it's like I was able to convey a well, message about something that I feel strongly about now, but it's not coming across abrasive. Well, I think what, I think that's a very interesting story, especially in the sense that you're showing the preference. You're buying food. And and people are siding with language, which I understand is important. Over, you're feeding us stomachs. You know what I mean. You're, and and you just didn't know. So when right? she said uh, you can't say homeless anymore, I said, who complained? <laughs> you, who complained? And then because when I went out there to give the food to the family, you know, I asked the lady, well, how long? You know, you you you're right. How long have you been here? She goes, she goes, yeah, we've been homeless now for five days. I'm like, I don't know if you know this, but. Uh, <laughs> No, I, I didn't. I didn't say you anything. I, I didn't say anything because I'm not a dick. So, <laughs> oh my god! But see, being able to share stuff like that now—it's—it's yeah. it's, that's the challenge. The challenge is how can you convey your frustrations and your feelings without yes. without 
rubbing people the wrong way and still staying in the vein of, of what you do. Yeah. You know and saying I mean? and speaking your your truth. Uh, do you t- forgive me for not knowing? I've seen so much of your stuff, but uh, have you talked about your separating from yeah. your partner? Oh okay. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. in the new, that's that's in the new special, October eighteenth. Uh, yeah, I mentioned I mentioned that. Uh, you know, some of the things I had to go through and and how you know. What flavor was it? Crazy, spicy. What do you mean? Mild. The the sp- the split. Oh no! It was if it was a salsa. <laughs> and I'm not saying that because you're Mexican. No, right? but I, I nice, know right? what. Just saying. <laughs> Actually, no. I say I was talking to my friend Kate, who you met on the way, and I was like, I'm not saying this because you're Jewish. It's a mitzvah, and I was like, I would have said that anyway. So really, I like to think of things in salsas. Was it was it like unstable? Was it wild? The split, or was you know it what? I, I've, I know a lot of people who've gone through divorce or breakups, and and you know, based on stories I've heard, I, I can't say that it was like. You know, it, it wasn't pleasant, for sure. But I, I can't yeah. say that it was like, oh my god, right? It wasn't a deer head in your bed. No, no, no. But it was not, hard. Not, not at all. It was hard. It, it was, was very hard. Um, yeah. I mean, the fact that I can still reach out to her and she checks on me, you know, years later, that's that that in itself says that it wasn't as you know, because I, I have friends that have gone through some like, oof, like dude, they keep, really they keyed your car. Right. You know, yeah, right. they're still they're still calling, they're still stalking, they're you but know, maybe they're, they're doing things to be vindictive, they're doing things to still try just to, to hurt you. harm you. Yeah. You know, and, and that's that's not the case. Well your shit is your shit and it must have been difficult. Who's and by the way, obviously this is your episode. So if you don't want to talk about it, we don't have to, but who wanted to end it? Um, well, in the it was one of those things where it was my idea to end it. But then it was like, uh, is this really what I should? Is this? You had second thought. And then it was a year of, of trying to not end it. And then it was a year of, oh, I'm gonna make you pay and wait. And so I had to. I had wait. To what wait. does that mean? Basically, can we talk about fixing this? And then not right now. I'm busy. Oh really? I'm trying to go to school. I'm trying to handle this. I'm trying to handle that. So, so delay. So she kept me on a on a string for for a year of me trying. Can we talk? Can we talk? Can we talk? Is you, now a good time? Is now a good time? And I mentally, I, mentally, I gave yeah. myself a year. I gave myself. I'm willing to freaking put up with with this for a year, and then I I need I need an answer. Hmm. And then ultimately, at the end, it was like, no. Do you think they were just afraid of it ending? Not sure. Um, that was a great not sure. No, I'm I'm serious. I'm not sure. It's just. I don't know what, you know, I mean, there, there are a million things going on, mm. but I don't know what it was ultimately. Because I think, you know, I think at the end it was one of those like, well, it's done. Uh, can I go backwards? I don't know. Because at that, at that point, I built up so much resentment that it's like, even if she was to be like, okay, now I'm ready. Well, all right. Well, now, now look what you did. Right. Look what, look what you did. And then like, how are we supposed to? Right. You know, communication's important. And if you're not getting the communication across, then you're going to just build up these, you know. Especially to a communicator. You're stonewalling yes. someone who wants to talk. You want to hear. Oh, you want to be heard. Oh, it's, it was. So, yeah, it was It was rough. But it, it was, was also, rough. going back to what we were talking about being achievers, too, it's hard to have something f- fail. I don't think it's a failure. In fact, one of the things that Val says all the time that I love, I forget where she got it, forgive me, but she says, just because something ends doesn't mean it was a failure. That's super important to guys like us that don't want to be seen as worthless, that don't want to be seen as failures. Exactly. So that might have delayed things too, because it's hard to go like, you know what, I can't make this work. And that's a tough thing to admit, 
you know it's like and you want you want things to work you want you never want to be a disappointment being a disappointment is like the biggest oh you know that that just that's that's one of those things where it's like mm, what what can i do to not be that yeah and unfortunately sometimes it's just you know was that good though i again i'm projecting myself onto you to me i got divorced when i was 28 it was good to get a, a chink in the armor so i could go like you know what i'm not just the golden boy sure i can be good i heard you say that on stage it's like i'm not great i'm not terrible i'm decent right that's a good revelation to take some pressure off of yourself so having this thing kind of my glass is already broken bro exactly (laughs) (laughs) you get it that's it you go like this happens to everybody you and i aren't better or impervious to these things and no matter how hard we try sometimes things just don't go our way was there part of that to that? There's a lot of it, man. And then, of course, you know, I was uh, in therapy for the entire time. Um, I used to drink a lot. I'm back to drinking again. But during that during that whole process, <laughs> during that whole process of of trying to get through it, I, I did not touch any alcohol because I How long? I did not want over two years. I did not want to make things worse. I didn't want to send an accidental text or make a phone call that yeah. I couldn't come back from. So I figured. Yeah. Let me just try just to get Gabe through this. Go through a breakup. Through Not it. Gabe and drunk Gabe. Yeah. <laughs> so after everything was, you know, settled and you know done, then I was just like, all right, let's let's see what happens. And yeah. So good, good for you. Back to making messes. <laughs> <laughs> and it, that's your 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 vices. Oh yeah, first. that's that's my vice. That's my vice is freaking drinking. Uh, Again, it's hard to I, shut. I, I talked to a friend of mine, and he goes, he goes, believe it or not, though, you're not an alcoholic. I go, thank you, thank you. I could just because I only, you know, because I drink one maybe once or twice a week. But oh that, really? That's not considered al- an alcoholic. You drink once or twice a week. Yeah, that, I mean that's pretty good. I watched a doc. Well, see, and see, you just said it. That's pretty good. I'm like, ah. well, you mean you drink a lot though? Yeah, you're binge drinking once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. That's not great. If you, want. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I just what, a the minute reason, ago it was okay, but now, <laughs> no, no, you don't need me to. I'm not a doctor. You don't need me to validate that. I, I'm saying I watched a documentary when I was drinking. I haven't. I, I quit drinking about five or six years ago and i watched before i did i watched a documentary on netflix about drinking and of course i was watching it to make myself feel better about my drinking and they were like if you drink two or three times a week this is what your liver looks like something i was like oh my god <laughs> like turn it off turn it off so uh i did better let me put this to you though as an achiever one of the things that's tempting or alluring about alcohol is it doesn't ask anything of you you know what I mean? Even your fans meet you on the street. They want a fluffy moment. Even me, to a certain extent, doing this podcast, I'm like, okay, let's make some, let's make some content, you know? So a lot of people are hooking their, you know, their valves up to you, and they want something from you. And it, when what I... Way to put that. Right? And when I drank, I was like, here is a silent glass of sh- shut the fuck up that, that gives me a good feeling without requiring anything other from mm-hmm. me. Does that... Re- do you relate to that? Uh, yeah, that's that's that was very nice, very <laughs> nicely put. Like, here's a here's a cup of fun. <laughs> it, it's just quiet. Well, uh, nature is the same thing. Like a sunset, a walk in the woods can also I'm going to use the word minister, like calm you down because nature is beautiful without asking you to do anything for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So to achievers like us, nature can be really good, but it's also tempting. Some of the more addictive substances that go like, I remember be- doing a gig. Outside lands, maybe it was. It was outside of um, Seattle. I remember I had to drive two or three hours, like east of Seattle, into the gorges, and there was a music festival there. And we were going to do stand-up shows, 
and I was alone and I was depressed. I don't know if I'd just gone through a breakup. It sucked. I, I was on the bill early, like I was the first comedian there. One of the reasons I said yes to it was because it was like Nick Kroll and Amy Schumer and Mulaney and everybody, okay. everybody was coming through. But I was there on like Wednesday. Those dudes didn't get there till Friday. And I was like, oh, I'll just stay. I'll just stay. And that Thursday with nothing, and I don't even like music festivals, I was in my hotel and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I remembered booze. <laughs> and I, 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 went nice. to, I went to a restaurant. <laughs> hey, homie. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, it's funny that you said that because the feeling of remembering alcohol was exactly like remembering I did have a friend there, mm. like something that would make me, this was, and it, you know, it wasn't, my relationship wasn't healthy, but I'm just wondering if that, what that makes you think of, you relate to the idea of something that will finally give to you instead of all of these people, places, takes, and yeah. things that want to take from you. You know, it gives until it does take. And then it takes, yeah, that's yeah. the that's the, the bitch. You got to yeah. find that line where you're like, okay, we'll stop right here. That's right. Difficult. They should sell something that allows you to measure your like, you know, you, if you drink this much, you'll feel this good. But then if you know you yes. cross that line, then it's gonna get like this. And then if you have two more, then it's equal. That's right. You know. That's right. Like the the chemistry of it. I used to have a. a uh, blood alcohol thing in my car. I, I'd test myself if I was ever having wine or something with dinner. Just to, that's when you need to know, like. But maybe, that's more so like to get out. home, and so you don't get arrested, and you, know, you don't kill that anybody too. on the road. But but you I also mean, want to set so, the high more score. More so, just what's enough so that you're 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 still you're you feel good because when you get the buzz, you feel good, you feel relaxed. You're but like, then you keep uh, chasing. But then you're like, yeah, you start you're like, oh, I don't want this feeling to go away. So then you start drinking more, I and think then it doesn't hit quick common. enough. And then you've already had three. Yep. And by the time you get to that third one, that first one is barely kicking in. Yes. And that's so right. you're drinking faster than the than the, the alcohol's hitting. But this is the beach ball in the air mentality. Yeah. This is the addict mentality, which is like, if I if something is good to me, I'm like I should do it and do a ton of it because why why wouldn't you? And I'm I'm slowly putting it together. I'll give you this example just in case it means anything to you. I did a gig recently. It it wasn't great. And then after the show, again, I don't drink, but I was like, maybe I'll eat like a pint of ice cream or something, you know, like you want to reward yourself because you don't feel good. And then this voice came, which I don't recognize this voice this is a new voice. It goes, if you eat a pint of ice cream right now and chicken wings or whatever it might be, not only did they, did you bomb, but then they also are hurting your body. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're kind of getting you twice mm. like it seemed like another way to let them beat me so i was like fuck that and i just went to bed but trying to mat yeah trying to cover it up with the uh exactly and you know what's funny stuff. a pint of ice cream will actually hurt me more than than tequila will <laughs> yeah dairy <laughs> oh yeah yeah no i don't know what we're doing whoever's watching this you're eating too much dairy like i don't care who you are it's too much mm. <laughs> All right, um, let's get into the. We'll bring it into a landing. You've been so okay, cool, generous with your time. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, let's talk a little bit about. Have you ever almost died? Whew. Um. Like maybe trying to cross the street in a bus, and then you're like, "Oh God, yeah." Uh, I mean, that's probably the, the actual closest where it's like, all right. I was talking about that time in New York when I was filming Best Week Ever, my first big thing. I went to a rap party or something. 
I got so drunk I was doing shots and my my chaser, I didn't know what a chaser was, was also tequila. Like I was doing shots of tequila and oh, then that's, that's take not, a little sip of tequila. That's not good. <laughs> Dude, I didn't know what I was doing. Nobody had ever taught me how to drink or what it meant to black out. Mm-hmm. And somebody had to pull me out of the street. Um, his name was Tim. He was a producer at Best Recover, but I still think about it. Almost got hit by a car and he pulled me out. So that's a fine answer. Yeah. Um, but as far as just, I mean, there, there's been moments where I'm like, man, I just wish I would die. What do you mean? Oh, because... Depression or dealing with whatever the situation was. Oh, okay. It's like, oh, God, just take me. And then you wake up and you're like, all right, I guess here we go, another day. That's something um, that you've dealt with? But a, a couple times. It's not a regular thing. Yeah. I mean, you got to... For me, I always feel like you got to be in a really... It's got to be a really dark place. Yeah. You know, there's been a couple of those, but it's not something where I feel like uh, I need medication for it or I need to talk to somebody about it. It was just like needing to get through something. Yeah. No, I think you every know? a lot of people watching um, relate to that. But yeah, as far as almost dying, it's... Mm, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad. That's a good, that's a good uh, sometimes one. Sometimes these stories are scary. Sometimes they're really funny, which is why I like to you ask. Know? And I fly a lot too. So I'm always like, okay, I fly a lot. And I'm always in the back of a bus. So I'm always having those like, uh, what if someone sneezes while they're turning? Or what if, you know, the pilot's just Jeez. like, you know what? You know, the, fuck that bitch. I'll show her. You know, and then you just happen to be on that flight. <laughs> what I find funny about flying private is you work so hard to get back on a tiny ass American Eagle plane. Remember when you do Funny, a gig? Yeah. You know what I mean? You've worked so hard. You're in the top 10 highest paying comedians. You get to fly in the tiny ass planes that when I was doing a gig in like Buffalo. The you'd propeller, fly, yeah. You'd be, uh, I, this Indiana Jones thing. That's and you freaking feel hysterical. Ev- yeah, the American Eagle. So you get back on the, I, I, the seats are nice and they're baking you cookies, but you're still on the small ass plane where you feel every bump. And I'm like, you know what, man? I don't know if this is worth it. Give me the big boy and a regular seat. Give me like a 737. Nice. Yeah, no, a first class, uh, you know, American Airlines or United Flight. Not seat. bad. A life flat? Very, very, yeah. Very well, comfortable. Ray, I don't know if I'm, a, I think you can say this. Ray Romano only flies in the second one up <laughs> if he flies private. Oh, the, the, the um, what do you mean the second one up? The first one is the American Eagle, but the, the slightly bigger one. Like a G5 or something? Or? I don't know the, I don't know planes. No. But like somebody told me that he prefers for this very reason the less bumpy one. I don't even know if he flies private anymore, but like that's what he was doing. I don't know why I threw that in in case he gets canceled hey. for flying private. <laughs> See, we're so scared. I don't want to like I don't wanna, draw yeah. heat to Ray. Mm-mm. Okay, what about meaning of life? Do you have, I know that sounds like a joke, but we always talk about some framework of, of the universe and the meaning of life. Um, a good way in is sometimes do you think when we die is there an afterlife do you have any image of god or story oh man here's here we go so um i love astronomy i love astronomy i love the idea of you know being able to you know understand the solar system and the galaxies and just everything that's out. we are freaking tiny yeah you know like when you really think about it it's like oh like literally a speck yeah you not know, even it's if that yeah and so it's just like, like wow you know so as far as like what's the meaning i don't i don't know man it's it's crazy because it's like you know you see an anthill let's say I'm, I'm in fargo north dakota and i see an anthill i'm looking at this anthill like wow look at those ants and all they know is this world right here that they're building they're building their little you know the colony they're they're, they're just working for that that's all they know you know they have no idea that a thousand miles away there's another Ant Hill, just like this, yeah. they're doing the exact same thing, mm. and I feel like maybe that's that's us. Like we're here, this is what we're doing, 
you know, we're, we're trying to get by and clearly we have our issues and we fight amongst each other and this person versus that person. Everybody's trying to get ahead, but we don't realize maybe that's, you know, maybe we're this anthill. Yeah. And maybe there's another anthill. That's right. You know, it, mathematically, it, it's too big for there not to be something. Yeah. So I don't know what happens once we're gone. I, I mean, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not a very religious person, so I can't say that, I, you know, like, a, a, you know, X, Y, or Z, but... I just think that mathematically, it, it, we can't just be the only anthill. Dude, that was great. Katie hears a lot of these answers. She, we both just looked at each other. That's great. Anthill. I love it. I, I won't forget that answer. It also gave me the image like we're a grain of sand in the ocean or something. And we yeah. have the, the hubris or the whatever you want to call it to say we're the only one. Like I, that. I think it would, uh, to say we're the only ones, that's like, uh, come on. Like Think about how much energy just energy alone even if it's not a being the amount of energy yeah. that's yeah around us it's yeah. it's insane we talk about that all the time even if you don't have a god or a deity there's clearly something that's yearning to to be cells are dividing and growing into mm-hmm. noses and ears and body. obviously that's biology but everything wants to be a tree wants to and that tree wants to find the sunlight you ever see a tree that's like bending to get in the light there's a yearning, there's a desire to be and to reproduce, and we take that for granted. Even food, sex, all of this stuff, our desire for sunlight, our desire for connection, it all goes back to this like inciting, like the fuse, uh, the pilot light in, mm-hmm. your, in your oven. That's, to me, that's what God is, is the original yes to reality. So whether or not you have a symbol for it or what, you go like, something's making anthills. Something's making anthills, man. Speaking of ovens, man, how about them cookies? Big shout out yeah. to that flight attendant who made me them cookies last night. Thank you. Dude, plane cookies? Sometimes American, they American have Airlines. Them. Yeah, American Eagle. <laughs> on the nice American Eagle. The nice that American they gutted Eagle. and put in some lazy boys. The nice American Eagle. To take you on that tour. Uh, the final question, Gabe, thank you again for doing Like I said, you're doing us a favor. So thank we'll you. promote your tour. But you're helping us out, and we appreciate it. It's really nice of you to be here. Um, you don't have to think of the time, but can you tell me a time in your life you laughed so hard you cried? Oof. Maybe you were a kid before your friend ran away at the talent show. Like, like what? I'll give you a few uh, guidance here. Sometimes somebody fell. As there was always something that was inappropriate to laugh at. Uh, anytime where I laughed so hard it hurt, it was because you weren't supposed to. You weren't supposed to. Yeah. Like you know, someone needed medical attention. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just, it was like, oh my god. <laughs> you know, and, and anyway, I have a twisted sense of humor. I mean, I know I'm friendly on stage, but man, my my um, oh, my, my mentality is all warped. And so anything that was like, ooh, who told the story ooh. about the elevator? And he said, oh, it was Jay Farrow. Yeah. Jay Farrow's dad, they were watching somebody skateboard. Those are the ones that stick out to me. He's like, he's like that little dude's going to gonna fall. And then they were in an elevator and he did fall. And he's like, they still laugh about it. And he fell in a fountain. He fell in a fountain. So you're not alone. The other one that I always think about is Adam Pally, the, the kid who fell in my ankle. This poor kid fell in science class and just screamed my ankles. I'm just telling you, you're not. The answers we get often, it's, yeah. people are hurt. It's always... <laughs> It's always something that's just so, you know. Um, I remember I was uh, I was in 
Phoenix, Arizona, I had put together this mini comedy festival at the Improv there in Tempe. And uh, I put everybody up at the same hotel. Everybody, you know, I just wanted everybody hanging out together and stuff. And um, there was this flight of stairs leading to the you know second floor, just big, nice, wide stairs. And all the comics we had, you know, we're, we're trying to get on the elevator, but then we see the stairs. And uh, I was there with comedian Lunell. I don't know if you know who Lunell is. Uh, Lorel? I know Lorel. No, not Lorel. Lunell. Nice. <laughs> I know. He must hate that. What say his name properly? I'll no, say. Lunell. 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 She. Oh, Lunell. Lunell. One name. Yes. I thought it was like Lil Nell. No, not Lil Nell. Lunell. 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 Well, she's getting a lot of shout out here. What's her Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, everybody was trying to get in the elevator. And I, you know, we're standing right there by the stairs. And I just looked at her. She looked at me. And then we looked at the stairs, and then we started we started racing up the stairs. She had a cane, and she just let the cane drop. And both of us started bear crawling up the stairs at our top speed of whatever it was, like three miles. We're both big. So just these two, <laughs> these two turtles racing up the stairs. <laughs> People had time to get in the elevator, go up to the top, and then wait for us as we're racing to get to the top. And I just remember when we got to the top, we were both out of breath, and then we, we, we couldn't stop laughing because... We both imagine what we look like to everyone. Of course. These two, you know, little mini sofas running up the stairs. <laughs> two love seats. Two love seats. I prefer love. And I, love I just, it. everyone around us was laughing so hard. And I knew it was, it looked funny. And I just remember everyone just laughed for like a good half hour. That's fantastic. And I remember we're crying, we're laughing, and we're just like, <laughs> the thing. And then everybody just kept reenacting it. And it was just, I remember. We laughed so freaking hard over the fact that the two of us attacked those stairs. If I'm directing it, you guys are laughing, and the, the end credit music starts playing, and we, we pan down. And we're still crawling up the stairs. No. no. <laughs> These two roly-polies trying to get up there. No, you're already there. I want to go uh, float down, and we end on the cane. <laughs> yeah, because oh, she let the cane the go, and the cane just went. Yeah. That cane is still in uh, Arizona. Like, I don't even know why she has a cane. She had no problem using <laughs> everything to get up the stairs but yeah she realized it was a miracle healing is basically what it was it was funny is i don't even remember who won <laughs> i just remember we were laughing we were laughing so freaking hard you know who won everyone everyone <laughs> everyone who saw that and us who got to hear it well thank you so much Gabe. we'll look for the special at dodger stadium on netflix august April? uh october 18th october yeah october 18th. i gotta go to the doctor or something nice. I, think, I think i'm dying October 18th. And uh, would you, this is how we end the show. It doesn't really mean anything. We have the guests say the catchphrase. The catchphrase is keep it crispy. It's just our sign off. Nice. All right, people. Keep it crispy. Love it. Need it. <laughs>